0: We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the
1: demon Today on Babylon Singularity podcast, we're gonna talk Elon Musk, his interview on the Babylon bee, what he had to say how Christianity is responding, and how you need to be thinking about this. Stay tuned.
2: Inspiring faith in Christ and anchoring hope in the age to come. This is the Babylon Singularity Podcast with Peter Herder.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. I know it's been a couple of weeks since my my last episode. Um I needed a minute to regather myself after the um surprising news that Nikolai Carpathia was chosen as the person of the year. So yeah, you know, sometimes I just do things that really don't yeah, I don't they're, they're funny to me and I they make sense to me, but then I just I don't know if people like what they just think I'm crazy or whatever. That's totally fine. Totally cool. We're going to follow up on that last episode a little bit. We're going to stay in that same vein. We're going to talk about a tech savior. I'm not trying to be anyone's savior.
2: Tech Messiah breaking news.
1: I'm not trying to
0: be anyone's savior.
1: So, this is the latest from Elon Musk, uh, and we get it from the CBN website, CBN News. Uh, they have the Christian perspective, which is good, which is nice that they are representing uh, Christianity um, on the internet and in other parts of the world. I think this is like Pat Robertson. And, you know, God bless Pat Robertson. I don't, I'm not sure is he still alive I hope I hope he's still alive and I hope he's blessed and I hope he's doing awesome but it feels like they're a little bit out of touch on the Elon Musk issue I'm not sure why the thing that I don't really understand is why there's no biblical discernment like I don't understand why when it comes to Elon Musk biblical discernment is shelved like we don't need it we don't need what the Bible says about you know people or about their ideas or what they're pushing for or their agendas. We don't need any of that biblical agenda. Because, why? Because Elon Musk is so cool. He makes rocket ships and, and cool cars and he's super rich. And the other thing that he does also, which is fantastic, is he doesn't like uh, woke cancel culture. And who likes that? And so if he's tweeting things about woke cancel culture and cutting them down because he's actually very intelligent. I would I would dare venture to say he's one of the most, if not the most intelligent human being who's ever lived. The dude's mind is amazing. He's really funny. And I would not want to get in a verbal sparring match with him on, on the internet or anywhere else. Because he would outsmart me because he's very smart. And so when he doesn't like something and he gets into a, you know, some sort of like Twitter exchange with a senator like Elizabeth Warren, he knows how to cut her to the quick. He he called her Senator Karen, right? I mean, uh, it's kind of ends the discussion right there once you go to to Senator Karen. Um, So I applaud Ripping on liberal senators, I, I, you know, I, I, I stand up and applaud it. I don't care where that's coming from. If you are ripping on liberal senators and winning those exchanges, you know, hey, I am all for it. What I am not all for is the larger agenda. Like, I, I'll, I'll like a tweet where you like you rip on a liberal about being stupid. I'm all for it. You know, I you know, I want to be nice and I want to be redemptive, but I also enjoy an exchange where somebody is exposed as being ridiculous because a lot of it is totally ridiculous. But what I don't appreciate is the larger agenda that Elon Musk is bringing to the table. And that's the part that I don't think Christians are coming to terms with. I don't think they're thinking about what Elon Musk will be doing in 10 and 20 and 30 years. And he is clearly stating exactly what he wants to do. And you wonder, what's the, what's the big deal? What's the, what's the agenda we need to be worried about? The agenda is this. He wants to drill a hole in your skull. He wants to plant electrodes into your brain so that he can subjugate you to a superior intelligence that isn't God, that is a man-made idol. He wants to do that. He wants to merge your brain with artificial intelligence. I would call that deeply unbiblical and deeply disturbing, okay? So, that's the agenda that Christians are not grappling with and I, I for the life of me cannot figure that out. I cannot understand why that is not the first and foremost thing that people are talking about when they're talking about Elon Musk. It's weird. So this is the article CBN the Christian perspective. This is this is the the article after so so Elon Musk went in uh, was interviewed with the Babylon Bee, kind of out of nowhere. It was weird. I, apparently, the guys from the Babylon Bee requested uh, uh, recording a podcast with Elon Musk, and he said yes. I think probably much to their their surprise. And so he invited them in, and, and they had a, a conversation. And we're going to get into a little bit of that, that conversation. But the takeaway from that conversation <laughs> is an article like this, which is titled quote, Sure, I'll be saved." Unquote. Elon Musk says he agrees with the teachings of Jesus. That's that's the name of the CBN article. That's the takeaway. I want you to I want you to remember this moment because I'm going to. <laughs> this was the Christian takeaway from the Babylon Bee interview that. Elon Musk said, sure, I'll be saved. And he agrees with the teachings of Jesus. So basically, Elon Musk, he must be a, he must be a Christian now, right? <laughs> Again, like the biblical discernment on this article has been dialed down to near zero. I, I, I'm not sure where there's any biblical discernment in this article, but I'm going to read it nonetheless because this is... The broader church's takeaway. This is where most Christians, their minds are at. And, and I want you to start wrestling through the reality that we're watching play out in real time. Because this is what's dawning on me, is that Elon Musk is coming. He's coming for the church. He's coming for Christians. And a lot of Christians aren't ready to be seduced at the level that they're about to be seduced, especially the younger ones who are already plugged into computers. And the idea of being subjugated to an artificial intelligence might seem kosher, might be like, yeah, well, sure. I I mean, I'm playing video games and on Instagram all day anyway, I might as well just jack It straight into my brain, and uh, so that the, the the AI can read every one of my thoughts and actually program my thoughts. Because from the interview, it was clear that Neuralink is designed in a two way communication, not just for the computer to read what's happening in your mind, but to communicate to your mind to program your mind that was explicitly stated in the interview with Babylon B and they had no questions about it they just thought i think they just were just enamored and they thought it was cool that elon musk was actually just talking to them so here it is i man i keep mentioning this article i mean it's such a great article I don't know why I haven't already dived into it. So here's the CBN News article. Sure, I'll be saved. Elon Musk says he agrees with the teachings of Jesus. Quote, Tesla co-founder and CEO Elon Musk recently shared his thoughts about Jesus, Christ, and religion during an interview with the satire website Babylon Bee. While most of what the Bee does is for comedy, their interview with Musk took a serious Sorry, took a turn into a serious subject of eternal significance salvation through Jesus Christ. Throughout the interview, the SpaceX entrepreneur had answered questions about multiple topics. Their discussions included politics, wokeness, the rich. And near the end, Musk made a joke about the interview taking place on Sunday, telling the Bee's editors they were all going to hell for being for not being in church. And that's when the interview turned toward a real question about salvation. Ethan Nicole said, slightly tongue-in-cheek, but his overall tone indicated he wasn't joking. Quote, Babylon B is a Christian organization, and we're a ministry. To make this church, we're wondering if you could do us a quick, solid, and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior personal Lord and Savior. It's a quick prayer. Musk sat stunned for a few seconds. Then he responded, I agree with the principles that Jesus advocated. There's some great wisdom in the teachings of Jesus. And I agree with those teachings. He continued, things like turn the other cheek are very important. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Man. And hey, if Jesus is saving people, I mean, I won't stand in his way," Musk added. "Sure, I'll be saved. Why not?" The Babylon Bee host celebrated Musk's response. I think he just said yes. <laughs> this is hard. To, this is hard to take seriously. This article is very difficult to take seriously. It's hard to read. I'm having difficulty reading this. I'm pained in my soul and in my spirit. So, apparently, if you're just reading CBN, you would think, if you're just reading this article from CBN, you would think um, Elon Musk is now a Christian. It's fantastic. I mean, um, now, what I want to do is that, so that's the takeaway. I wanted to just present the takeaway because what's happening is Elon Musk is influencing the church. This article is where A lot of the church is. A big chunk of it, you know, much more of the church than we would like to admit is in this space right here. Elon Musk said, yes, he agrees with the teachings of Jesus. Hooray, he's a Christian. So we can, like, we're on board. We're all Elon Musk fanboys now. But let's get into the nuts and bolts of this conversation. Let's, let's listen to what's being said. Let's listen to how it's being said. And then let's listen to Elon Musk's actual response rather than the coloring of a weird evangelical wishing of something that didn't happen. It's very it's difficult to read this with any level of biblical discernment and not be deeply disturbed so here is here's the the piece of the babylon b interview here and it's ethan nicole asking the question and it's elon musk responding here it is jesus
0: that's
1: the thing okay straight up. this is true this is
0: true So okay so to make this church we have to do we have to make sure just we're wondering if you could do us a quick solid and accept jesus as your lord and savior <laughs> on Real the quick. show um, personal Lord, you know, it's a quick prayer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just say, like, I agree with the principles that Jesus advocated, um, and th- that the, you know, there's some, some, there's great wisdom in what, in, in the te- teachings of, of Jesus, uh, and I agree with those teachings. Um, and things like tone the other cheek are are very important because, as opposed to an eye for an eye, um, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. So forgiveness, you know, is important, and um, treating people as you would wish to be treated. Love thy neighbor as thyself, very important. So it's like a sixty, seventy percent, yes, <laughs> as Einstein would say, I believe in the God of Spinoza. Um, so, um, but hey, if um, you know, if, if if Jesus is is uh, saving people, I mean, I, I I wouldn't stand in his way. You know, like I'll be sure, I'll be saved.
1: Why not? Sweet, we did it. Yeah, I
0: think he just
1: said
0: yes. Oh, we got <laughs> him. All right, <laughs> we got
2: him.
1: They got him. They got him, they got him right where they wanted him. And, uh, sure. He did it. Whatever. Is that what you wanted to hear? Is that really what you wished for? Or, uh, was there something, is there something missing there? Is there a hole where the gospel of Jesus Christ should have been? Elon Musk says he believes in, like Einstein, believes in the God of Spinoza. Now, who is Spinoza and who is the God of Spinoza? Well, it turns out that Spinoza was a Jewish Dutch philosopher. He was one of the thinkers in the Enlightenment, and he was very critical of biblical Christianity. Right, So he was frequently called an atheist by his contemporaries. Here is a summary. It might be helpful because um, Albert Einstein was asked the question of, do you believe in God? And Albert Einstein's response is, sure, I believe in God. I believe in the God of Spinoza. It's the same response that Elon Musk is giving here. He's not saying, like, if Elon Musk would have said, Oh my gosh, man, I've been deceived by the God of Spinoza. I now believe in Jesus. I don't, I am so sorry for my sin. I want to believe, I want to follow. Like, we could actually rejoice in that. We could actually celebrate God's salvation in his life. Um, but when he confesses that he believes in the God of Spinoza, what is he saying? Is he is, Can we just can we just take the God of Spinoza and just drop him in on the Bible? Maybe there's enough overlap. Maybe there's enough overlap where we can say that ah, the God of Spinoza is close enough. We'll count him as a Christian. Well, the guys in Spinoza's day called Spinoza an atheist, and Elon Musk is often referred to as an atheist. And so, if his, if you really wanted to actually be real about what Elon Musk is saying and what he believes, he better fits the category of atheist the same way a guy like Spinoza would, uh, the same way uh, Albert Einstein would. But what is who is the God of Spinoza? Um, so this this is this is an, a representation. This is I don't think Spinoza actually wrote this, but when you when you look into the God of Spinoza, you 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 get a sense of a kind of pantheistic, um, Eastern kind of Star Wars George Lucas you know, the force kind of idea about who God is. God is a um, impersonal. He is not a creator. Spinoza addresses who God is. Spinoza believes, and this is from Wikipedia here, Spinoza believed that God is, quote, the sum of the natural and physical laws of the universe, and certainly not An individual entity or creator. Let me read that again. Spinoza believed that God is the sum of the natural and physical laws of the universe. Certainly not an individual entity or creator. Spinoza believed that God makes up everything, everything is God. Nothing is not God. God is not like a person. It's not like a, not a creator. There's, it's not like a, it's not an entity, a personal entity that you, it's just everything. God is everything. God is nothing. God is whatever, 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 whatever you want it to be. God is the stuff of laws, the physical laws of the universe and, you know, substance and, you know, all the philosophical stuff that sounds really heady. To summarize, here's a here's a quick summary of who Spinoza's God is, Um, and this is you know apparently not from Spinoza, but this is attributed to a Spinozian type of line of thinking, philosophical thinking about God, who God is, if God actually spoke, and this is. This is from a this is from a Mormon website, but I thought it was helpful. I'm, I'm not going to try to I'm not going to try to talk you into Mormonism. I you know I, I'm just going to uh, use this little piece to help you understand when Elon Musk says I believe in the God of Spinoza. What does that mean? It means this. If the God of Spinoza spoke, this is what he would say to his Spinozian believer. He would say. Quote, stop praying. What I want you to do is go out into the world and enjoy your life. I want you to sing and have fun and enjoy everything I made for you. Stop going into those dark, cold temples that you built for yourself, saying that they're my house. My house is the mountains and the woods and the rivers, lakes and beaches. That's where I live and I express my love for you. Stop blaming me for your miserable life. Yes, I never told you there was anything wrong with you or that you were a sinner or that your sexuality was a bad thing. It always, bo- uh, side comment, always boils down to sexuality, right? Like, what. You know, who cares about right and wrong as long as I can have sex with whoever, whatever, whenever I want. Right. I mean, it boils down to that. It's the cult. It's the cult leader guy. Like here, I'm the cult leader guy. I invite you into the cult um, and I've got these rules. But it all boils down to I want to take your money and have sex with your wife like that. Like it always boils down to those those two things. And all the rules and stuff are, are kind of like the 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 weird um, you know board game thing. But the main thing is, at the end of the day, I get to sleep with your wife and, and I get access to your bank account. Uh, those are the non-negotiables. <laughs> so with Spinoza, it's the same. Sexuality is 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 a is a God definitely wants you having sex with whoever, whatever, whenever you want. I mean, that's a that's that's a a main stated you know uh, commandment of Spinoza's God. So, oh, he, he continues, because sex is, is, is so important, right? Sex is a gift I've given you with which you can express your love, your ecstasy, your joy. So don't blame me for everything they made you believe. <sighs> stop uh, stop reading alleged script sacred scriptures that have nothing to do with me. If you can't read me in a sunrise, in a landscape, in the look of your friends, you won't find me in a book. Hmm. Oh man, I don't know if I can keep reading this. Okay, so here's let me let me just summarize it. Spinoza's god is BS. And for those who are like have a, a super Christian like very high you know maybe low tolerance of BS means bologna sandwiches. So the god of Spinoza is BS. Okay, I just want to I just want to say that clearly for Christians who are confused about it. Like maybe the God of Spinoza is cool because Elon Musk says he believes in it. So it should be cool, right? No, God of Spinoza is not cool. God of Spinoza is BS. And to further illustrate how big a heaping steaming pile of bs the god of spinoza is let's take a listen to some of the other things that elon musk believes about the future believes about the universe let's just let's just take a look at how inspiring the god of spinoza is how wonderful this God that Elon Musk believes in and that he proclaimed to Christians while the Christians applauded and listened with almost no biblical dis- like I'll just say no biblical discernment like they checked the biblical discernment at the door because hey this this cool guy's talking to us and, and whoever does that right? So the here's a, here's another little piece of Elon Musk's mind and heart on the future of humanity, the nature of the universe. Um, uh, And um,
0: in roughly half a billion years, the sun will expand to make make Earth probably uninhabitable. In a billion years, definitely uninhabitable. Uh, So basically, if intelligent life had taken 10% longer to evolve on Earth, then it, we would never evolved at all because it would be destroyed because the oceans would boil and and, and they would we wouldn't be able to exist So I mean no matter what the universe will end in heat death though, right? Eventually. So it's all futile to some extent if you go far enough um, Yeah, I mean I think that if, if heat death is the outcome of the universe it really all is all about the journey mm. like you know, they said like <laughs> You know if the journey is 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 a uh, half the, half the fun is the journey or whatever. Well, if heat, death is the end of the universe, the journey is all the fun.
1: So Elon Musk here is saying, he's telling you what he believes about the, the, the nature of the universe. He's, he's saying, man, we're really lucky to be here. We're so lucky. We really lucked into our place in history. I mean, if it would have taken 10% longer for us to evolve into the place where we've evolved to, the oil, the oceans would be boiling and we would have never made it. But because we're so fortunate to be at this place in history that evolution has smiled upon us, we rolled the dice and, you know, we, you, we rolled 10, you know, billion die and it all rolled they all rolled snake eyes and they're all ones and wow here we are this is amazing um but even though we're super lucky to be here that evolution has smiled upon us that we're in this moment of history it's really all for naught because the universe is doomed and eventually um heat is going to die and the universe is going to end up in a very cold lonely lifeless state but hey we've got this really cool moment in random you know chance and chaos and we've somehow managed to pull up our bootstraps from the primordial goo of evolution and we've got this moment to do something really cool before we all die of heat death, which doesn't mean heat kills you. It means it means, the, uh, it means heat of the universe. The heat of the universe eventually goes out and, and it, everything's too cold for any life to exist and everything dies. Everything dies. So, that is the gospel of Elon Musk that we are really lucky to be here. We might as well make the most of it. And we better do it before we all die a death, a very cold death of heat death, even though a heat death would think you'd think you'd be dying of something warm. But no, in fact, you die a death of coldness because heat itself. So that's a that's a wonderful thought, and it's a very hopeful good news. So when Jesus came, he he had a different he had a different uh, take on you. He had a different take on your eternity. He had a a different understanding of the universe, who created it, where it's going, who's going to be reigning over it forever. But Elon Musk has a, you know, so we have two opposite kingdoms. Uh, Jesus has a kingdom that goes forever and ever. And Elon has a kingdom that, uh, hey, we're here for a few years before we die of uh, heat death. So let's go ahead and merge our brains into artificial intelligence. And that brings me to the next little clip here. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm want to highlight the gospel of elon musk so you are fully aware of what he is thinking what he is saying very clearly and then more importantly the christian response to what elon musk is thinking and saying here's the next clip
0: um, <laughs> you know um so I, I don't know it's like where are they where are the aliens like maybe they aren't any in this galaxy um and maybe the what we have here is a very very rare situation um you know, a, belief, a, a brief, a brief flickering of consciousness in the dark like a little candle in, in a vast darkness and we should not let that little candle go out
1: so we have this moment and this opportunity like a little flicker of a candle like a candle in the wind i mean i uh, it was it was a very touching moment. If it wasn't so stinking depressing, it would have been an amazing moment in podcast history if it at its core, its essence, was absolutely abysmally depressing. Elon Musk believes that you came from a puddle of primordial goo, and we were just lucky enough to evolve our way through the universe in just the nick of time so that we could have this little brief moment of glory before we die of heat death. A flickering candle in the vast darkness. The vast darkness. Ah, we should make the most of this flickering candle before this vast darkness swallows us up in heat death. Oh, man, that is amazing. Wow, that is really inspirational. That really inspires me. That inspires me to die a death in a cold, dark universe. A cold, miserable meaningless universe. Hmm. That's pretty much the opposite of everything that Jesus said. But hey, Christians are there listening, lapping it up, asking wonderful questions like, hey, we're just going to die of heat death anyway, right? <laughs> right? Um, I cringe. I cringe inwardly. Feel me cringing. So what is the answer? Since we have this brief moment, this brief candle flickering in the darkness before heat death dissolves us all, Elon, what is our one great hope? Well, that brings us to the final clip I want to address today. Listen to this.
0: Well, and other things that make me think you've never seen a sci-fi movie before, you have (coughs) Neuralink. So you can like... Puts things in people's brain or something. Uh, what's that like? <coughs> yeah. What's that like? Is it, is, what it, is it cool? Do you like it? <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it. You might like it. Okay. found <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. With with Neuralink, uh, Neuralink is in part. Um, well, in fact, the, the 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 sort of the reason I created Neuralink was um, long term as a risk mitigation for. Uh, Digital superintelligence, uh, in that if we (coughs) are able to effectively um, achieve symbiosis uh, with digital intelligence, then uh, we're, we're sort of the collective human will is better able to steer things in a direction that we'd like.
1: So, Elon Musk wants to create Neuralink which is a device that is implanted into your brain so that a symbiosis with digital super intelligence can be achieved. Elon Musk wants to create a symbiotic relationship between the human brain and artificial super intelligence. A god-like entity that is man-made. A god-like entity that is man-made. What does he want to do with it? What does he want to do with a godlike entity that is made from human hands? He wants to tether your brain directly to it. Like I I feel like I don't even need to say anything after that. I feel like that's all that needs to be said. I can pretty much just drop the mic and and leave. But we need to understand that this is what we're looking at, Saints. We are watching Revelation chapter 13 unfold before our eyes, and we're watching the vast majority of the church completely oblivious to it. Completely oblivious to it. Not, and they're not only, not merely oblivious. They are applauding it. They, At some level, they want it. They want it. They love it. They love the mark of the beast. They love this idea of being merged with the beast. We need to be praying. We need to be preaching. We need to be on fire for Jesus like never before. So what is the answer? Is this all just you know, hopeless. Is it all, is there, is there no answer for it? My answer is we need to get back to the Bible. We need to, we need to be like the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter 17, he goes to Athens, right? He's in Greece and he's talking to the saints no, oh, he's not. He's not talking to the saints. He's talking to Greek philosophers. He's talking to the Greek philosophers. He goes to a place where they were where they would meet and discuss the latest philosophical ideas. In fact, why don't you go ahead and open up your Bible? If you got your Bible there, this is the answer to Elon Musk. Because what we what we need to understand is that Elon Musk proclaimed the unknown God to the Christian world. He j- that's what he just did. He proclaimed Spinoza's God to the Christian world. In fact, Elon Musk loves Mars. He's all about Mars shipping humanity off to Mars. He believes humanity will, will be saved if we colonize Mars. I mean, I don't know what how, like saved in the interim, I guess, because heat death, you know, right. That's going to get us anyway. So he's not even, he's not even saying like, I'm really going to save you. He's just saying, I'm going to buy you time. I'm going to buy you time so we can keep this flickering candle going before the vast darkness swallows us whole, right? Like that, that's the gospel of Elon Musk. Like let's keep this flickering candle going as long as we can. And Hey, whatever it takes, right. Uh, colonize Mars, merge with artificial intelligence. That's what we need to do. So, the Mars loving Elon Musk goes onto a popular Christian podcast and declares Spinoza's God, the unknown God, to the Christian world. And the Christians lap it up, they eat it up, they love it. Woo, yay! This is funny. Neuralink, hilarious. Some of these things are laughing matters. They're pretty serious, especially when you look at, I mean, I don't know if you read Revelation, you know, read through Revelation, the things that are happening. I think that's funny. Revelation 13, where the the beast with a lamb horn comes and deceives the world and tells everybody to get marked in their foreheads. That's not super funny. It's not funny. I don't know. I don't find that i I find a lot of weird things funny, and you know a lot of times my sense of humor is grossly inappropriate, but I don't find that especially funny. I find that troubling. So what is what do we what are we to do? We need to be like, Paul, we need to be going into Athens, and we need to be declaring. The unknown God. That's what Paul did. That's what we need to be doing. We should be proclaiming the God of creation, the personal, ultimate, supreme creator, redeemer, savior, all wise, king of the universe forever and ever. We should we should be declaring those truths, and those truths should be prevailing upon our culture as we declare them, rather than being infiltrated by Spinoza's God, rather than being infiltrated by Elon Musk's, the gospel of Elon Musk, which actually turns out to be horrendously bad news, ironically. It's really bad news. You came from a bottle of goo and you're going to die from heat death. Like that's that's the gospel of Elon Musk. And we're going to do the most that we can with this flickering, brief flicker of a candle. So, hey, why not subjugate ourselves to digital superintelligence? That is nightmare news. Nightmare news. But we, like Paul, can go and we can declare the God of heaven, the creator Of the earth, the creator of the universe. No, you didn't come from a puddle of goo. You came directly from the hand and the heart and the mind of Almighty God, and you are made in his image, and you are born in sin and hostile to him, and you need to repent. Of your deception, you need to repent of your darkness. And this is what Paul does here in Acts chapter 17. Go ahead, open it up there. Verse 16: Paul was waiting for them at Athens. His spirit was provoked within him. He saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, the devout persons, and the marketplace every day with those happened with those who happened to be there. So Paul is in Athens. He sees the city is full of idols, and he is actively provoked to talk with the people who are in the marketplace, who are in the synagogue, every day, anybody he ran into, he was talking to. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities. Because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Note to self, preach Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him to the Areopagus saying, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know therefore what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So this was the place where philosophers and thinkers would come and introduce new ideas, and they would debate them, they would think through them. So they introduced the Apostle Paul because he was in Athens talking about Jesus, preaching Jesus on the resurrection, and they were curious about what he was saying. So they invite him to this public square of thinkers and philosophers. Verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is not actually far from each of us. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Verse 32. Now when they heard it, the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some of the men joined him and believed, among whom was Dionysus, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So Paul effectively converted some of the Greeks. But how did he do it? Did he allow the Greeks to inform him? About who God was. What if the Greeks would have pushed back on Paul and Paul and, and said, "You know what, Paul? We appreciate that you um, have this conviction about Jesus, but the reality is, is we believe in Spinoza's God." You say, Paul, that your God is personal and He's the Creator. You say that He has appointed all men to be judged and that he he has made this evidence by raising his own son from the grave but we agree with some of those teachings paul we we do agree that yes it's good for us to forgive others and yes it's good for us to turn the other cheek many of those things are very wonderful and true however We don't believe a word of it. And if if Paul would have said, yeah, we won, hooray, Christians, mark mark a, a victory for Christianity. No, that's not a victory. Not in any way, shape, or form is that a victory. That's resistance. That's rejection of the gospel. We need to be preaching Jesus and the resurrection. We need to be preaching and proclaiming the God who made the world, who made everything in it, the God who made Jesus Lord of heaven, The God who gives life to all mankind, gives them breath, gives them boundaries, and has set up life itself for men to find their creator, the personal supreme entity, the king of heaven. Now, yes. God has created the world. Yes, in God we live and move and have our being. But yes, also, God is not going to overlook. Our deceptions. When we declare the truth of his word and the the truth of who he is and the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he commands all men everywhere to repent, to turn away from their idols. God's not like the stuff of earth. He's not like the gold or stone. He's not an image that we form with our hands. God is the ultimate being. He is the Alpha and the the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who forms us and shapes us, who gives us life and gives us eternity. He is the one who has formed the universe and has formed the human frame in his image. And he is the one who has given his son as a sacrifice to cover our sin that we might be with him forever. This is good news, for our God could have looked upon our sins and wiped us away as he did in the days of Noah. He could have flooded the earth and been done with us altogether. He had every right to destroy us, but instead his great love moved him to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to give us the word of, the, of God that, that we might know the face, the name, and the love of God, that we might recognize God himself and believe in the son whom he sent, that we might have fellowship and friendship with God forever. We need to be like Paul, as he was in Athens. The Babylon Bee interview with Elon Musk was a complete and utter failure, and I am deeply concerned that it is just the beginning of the church's love affair with Elon Musk, because I will tell you this, that there is a much higher likelihood that Elon Musk will convert Christians to the God of Spinoza, then Christians will convert Elon Musk to the God of Jesus Christ. Now, I hope, I pray, God save Elon Musk. Save him, please, God. Please save him. Like, I'll pray that all day long. But if he is the one who's prophesied to come to mark everyone in their right hands in their foreheads then those prayers will are not according to the will of God there it would be it would be the same thing praying for Adolf Hitler you pray for Adolf Hitler there's nothing wrong with praying for Adolf Hitler it's just those prayers will not be answered God has set him on a course that cannot be changed it is set in stone, scripture must be fulfilled. So, we need to recognize the days and the times that we're living in. We need to be declaring the God of the universe, the creator, the personal entity. This is not Spinoza's God. Spinoza's God is BS. This is the God of Paul the Apostle. This is the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the God of the Bible. We need to be proclaiming Him fearlessly, shamelessly clearly with passion and zeal and a God-centered desire to clearly preach the word of God. Whether Elon Musk wants to hear it or not, whether the church wants to hear it or not, we're here to do that. We're here to serve God. And I'm here to um, let you know, Saints, that uh, you need to be out there doing your thing, doing the thing God's called you to. I want to encourage you, God has a plan for you. He has called you, He has equipped you. He's given you everything you need in the spirit of God, in in the Word of God, for you to fulfill the fullness of your calling in him. And whether or not there's a a great falling away, whether whether or not many Christians fall for the end time deception, You can endure to the end. Jesus will lead you. You you lock into him, he will lead you through. We need to be watching and praying. We need to be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ.
2: That concludes this episode of the Babylon Singularity Podcast. We hope this podcast was a blessing to you. This podcast is listener-supported. Prayerfully consider visiting babylonsingularity.com to support this effort. What we do, we do together. We appreciate every way you support this ministry. Please click on the subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you for listening and we sincerely hope you join us next time on the Babylon Singularity Podcast. Babylon Singularity is a gospel ministry of Harvest Wings.